keep telling me they know me. No one does. My name is Matthew Kroll. I noticed you didn't say my name, Matt, but I'm fine. Thank you. <laughs> my name is Shahir. It's so thematic. <laughs> and this is the only podcast about movies, specifically the film. Holy mackerel. The Star the Star Wars. This it's the Star Wars. It's the Star Wars. The Star Wars. Rise of Skywalker. You put the the in the wrong place. I love it, though. Yeah, you put the the in the wrong place. It's Star Wars. The Star Wars. Star Wars. Skywalker Rises. Yeah, Skywalker Rises. Yeah. Oh, the Skywalker Rises. Uh, I was born on Tatooine. This is the... <laughs> we have done every single Star Wars movie. Have we? Yes. yes. Han Solo, Rogue One. Yeah. Uh, the prequels, the C- the original trilogy, and now the new trilogy. And that is 11 films? This is the most consistent series. Is this 11 films? Series, uh, Six, seven, eight, yes. Nine, ten. Yeah, this is the 11. Um, this is the most consistent series we've ever done. I know we've done the Marvel ones, but even then, yeah. they were cons- they were squished. They were six, like phase oh, one, phase did, two, yeah, phase three with Shalia Evans. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Shalia. Hi, Shalia. Love you. Come back on. Um <laughs> Please. But yeah, please, for the, love <laughs> of, for the love of God. Save us! Uh, yeah, so this is our most consistent um, uh, tale that yeah. we deal with. And you did this in a... I, I was going to do the same thing, but you did this in a double hitter with The Rise of the uh, Skywalker. You did it now. Followed by... No, it is called The Rise of the Skywalker. That is what that it's is. It's not a, called the rise yeah, of is, the Skywalker. It's the, called the rise, the rise of, of Skywalker. Skywalker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Tross. <laughs> um, and then you followed it. With a little jelly cat, right? Oh, jellical cats. Yeah. Uh, which we'll get to that at a different pod. It's it's going to take so much energy for me to not talk about cats on this podcast. Well, here's the thing. This is, uh, news just came out. Uh, r- literally, as I was walking downstairs, I'm trying to find the article right now, but uh, I am going to be seeing a different version of cats. That I know, to- and I do want to talk about that. They're literally doing what the video games do, and they're patching movies <laughs> they're now. patching the, you know, uh, the Day one thing. patch, or week one patch in this case. Do yep. you think a, vi- a day one patch of cats is going to change things? Uh, it'll make some <laughs> of the, the effects they forgot to put in it. Really? There. Was the, it, were there, like, like, there was a couple times where you noticed like two human hands, like two human hands, like the, the fur didn't go over them, like it was just like someone's hand, and then in the next <laughs> shot they had a furry hand, and you're oh, like, ah. I would love it if there was just like a media offline on one shot. Oh, it'd like, be so good. You? Getty images just <laughs> stamped on it. Uh, no, we can't talk about cats. I have so much to talk about cats. We're not talking about cats. I'm excited to see cats. I just couldn't do it. I, I, I worked all day, and then I went to see Rise of the Skywalker with my father-in-law, which was lovely. Oh, how way. was it? It was good? Uh, I'm going to talk about his response to the film good. very shortly. Good. Good, good, good. Uh, other thing that's been really interesting for me recently is my son is really interested in Star Wars. But there's a but there. Well, he's only four years old. Right. Check one. And he's never seen any of them. There you go. <laughs> and, Culture, and baby. It's it's really fascinating. So what I think has happened is there is a kid in his class who has seen Star Wars and is talking about it all the time. So he comes home and he says he's like, Daddy, tell me about Star Wars or can we watch Star Wars? And I'm I went to Common Sense Media and I like looked it up and I was like, mm, I think we're gonna hold off on this. I don't, you know, like he's a little young for Star Wars. Also, he might get bored with the first with with the, with the New Hope. It's slow. It's a slow ass movie. He's gonna. He would get bored with the prequels for sure. For hundred percent, he would the get bored. The prequels with, are sh- no, no. I, see, I, I don't know. The new, a new hope, from my recollection, is very quick and fun. It, uh, it, so here's the deal. Uh, Phantom Menace is is slow, <laughs> but it's also shiny and flashy, and I think Oof. it's it's made for kids. He also he's also got a, he's not really super into uh, anything live action. So this is all this is all it's it, all conjecture. Look, he's four years old. Things get weird. But he I might, can't but, wait till he loves the prequels more well, than the regular. <laughs> oh man, 
That's going to be so weird. Uh, but one of the things that we do is we, he and I go out and we like have a coffee date once a week where like he'll get like a little thing of milk. I get my coffee and we sit and we have a chat. And um, uh, for the last couple of weeks, he's wanted to chat about Star Wars in particular. Sure. And he's like, you know, tell me who are the characters in Star Wars because I have to explain because he, he knows he can't watch the movie. He wanted to do that and also everyone on the internet. It's like <laughs> he's on the internet before he's on the internet. Yeah, he was like, tell me about these characters. And so I was like, well, there's Luke Skywalker. And, and he, you know, the only question he comes back with is, is he a good guy or a bad guy? Or is she a good guy or a, or a good, good girl or a bad girl? Sure. Um, and, you know, like I, I talk about Luke Skywalker a little bit. Um, we talk about lightsabers. I mentioned that I think he would really enjoy the Ewoks more than anything. Uh, I t- talk about Chewie being a big dog. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can't do a Chewie. I can do nub nub. But the, but the interesting one is, 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 like, we get to Darth Vader, and he's like, is he a good guy or a bad guy? And I'm like, well, it's complicated. He was a good guy. He's a good guy turned bad guy turned good guy. Yeah, he's sort of all over the map on this one. And, like, for you can see, like, for a four-year-old, like, the processing is, like, hmm. You know, like, he's not quite sure how to, like, how to take that. I think Star Wars is a good morality, like, my first morality course for children <laughs> because it isn't, like, it's funny. It lets you know that you can change from good to bad to good or whatever. Like it lets you know that like this is not a baked in thing. <laughs> but there's no gray area still. It's like there's a flip, a switch flips in Star Wars. Uh, it's also not morally, not morally uh, consistent is the wrong word, but morally cohesive. Uh, where characters will do things that are like, particularly in the in what we just saw, sure. Where where they do things which just don't make any sense, uh, even if they're flipping the switch. Um, but before we do all of that, uh, uh, there is one thing that we have been excited about for the entire two year wait between the last Jedi. And, was it two years? Emails? No, no, not emails. It's the crow crawl, baby. Oh, we're doing the crow no, crawl the first. Crow. We're doing. Oh, we got to do the crow crawl, baby. Oh, it's the crow crawl time. People have been asking about the crow crawl. My neighbors are gonna love this. So, we're recording this at ten o'clock at night, and I gotta get loud. Let's let's. I, I want this crow crawl because I watch. Because now when I go into the movie and I see the crow, you, you I, I hear, hear I hear the voice. <laughs> so I wanna. I wanna. I want this p- place then, please. All right, here we go. The dead speak! The galaxy has heard a mysterious broadcast, a threat of revenge, in the sinister voice of the late Emperor Palpatine. General Leia Organa dispatches secret agents to gather intelligence, while Rey, last hope of the Jedi, trains for battle against the diabolical First Order. Meanwhile, Supreme Leader Kylo Ren rages in search of the Phantom Emperor, determined to destroy any threat to his power! No. Yeah, what? <laughs> After that, we don't need to do an IMDb. Uh, like, <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think we need to do an IMDb. I read this the I read this uh, the other day as well. Is that the 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 mysterious broadcast was actually first broadcast in Fortnite? Like the 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 actual yes. uh, Palpatine broadcast was yep. broadcast in Fortnite. And yep. I was like, wow, that's. I mean, Fortnite must be doing gangbusters right now. And, uh, I, and I'm talking about it as someone completely out of touch Fortnite with Fortnite. is one of the most uh, lucrative properties on the planet right now. Their business model is super secure and they keep getting tie-ins with major movies now literally becoming plot points yeah. in Star Wars. <laughs> um, I can imagine that would have been actually, because so they had a Star Wars day. They had where, an event yeah. where you could get you could get like Stormtrooper gear and you could like you could trick out your vehicles and you could do a bunch and, of stuff. And when they ended it, they ended it with the Palpatine 
uh, yeah. message, right? For, Fortnite's really good at world building without a world, if yeah. that sort of makes sense. Like, they do these events. I mean, Fortnite technically, like, 2.0 just came out, but they didn't even announce it. They just had a hole crack in the sky over all games, and then eventually after a match, it all got sucked into a black hole, and it literally made people float in space without a character looking at, like, a, a, a dot in, in the sky, in a dark sky, for, like, 12 hours. Wow. And people were like... What just happened to for people freaked out for a day and then it like relaunched into like Fortnite 2. Point. Like they're very, they can just, they're printing so much money, they can do weird shit like that. They can literally put a plot point from Star Wars that is canonical yeah. into. They had uh, a Diplo concert as well, like a live Diplo concert. concert. Yeah. Uh, they did, they had Thanos. They had a tie in with Thanos. Oh, really? What did yeah. they do with Thanos? Uh, it wasn't just big, but you could basically, Thanos would randomly show up with the Infinity Gauntlet on the map and you could choose to like fight him or not. Oh, he didn't just like uh, disappear. No, the map? no, no. Oh, that would have been cool. I know, I know. And then one person I think became Thanos at one point. I don't know. It's like <laughs> you randomly got to be Thanos. Oh, that's cool. But yeah. So, okay. So, Star Wars, we've done every film up until this point. We sure we've, have. We've talked about uh, George Lucas to no end. We've talked about Disney to no end. Uh, we've talked a little bit about J.J. Abrams and we talked a little bit about Ryan Johnson. I specifically in our episode on Knives Out recently, um, I felt I, I rewatched both The Force Awakens and uh, The Last Jedi in the last couple of weeks just to kind of sure. I, I'd gotten free Disney Plus with my Verizon account, um, and so I, I just kind of threw them on. I, I threw on The Last Jedi first, and the reason being is that I always felt that I was a little harsh on that movie when mm. it came out last time because if you remember when we saw it, I think uh, I just was a little exhausted by Star Wars at that point, and more importantly, I was uh, thinking a lot about. Uh, the fact that I wanted to see more Ryan Johnson movies, mm -hmm. and I, I was just like, the Star Wars universe has never interested me that much from a story point of view. It certainly interested me from a cultural point of view, but less from like I'm, I'm very uninvested in Vader, Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, you know, uh, Finn, Poe. It just, it's never really done anything for me. I'm, I'm, there was a marketing um, uh, blitz for uh, this film where they were like, where um, I believe it was Josh Gad from Frozen was coming out and was like, so you, you know, and she, he was with um, Daisy Ridley going, you know, like, are you gonna, can you, can you tell me these spoilers? You know, like, who are Ray's parents? And like every, every celebrity every was celebrity in it. Yeah. On the and I was like, I don't care about any of these questions. And it's like, and I, and, and like in the Marvel universe, for example, which, uh, which I'm not, you know, not that invested equally in. not as a fan, equally not as invested in, yeah. but like, I'm sort of genuinely interested in some of the questions they ask in that, in, you know, in that series. Yeah. But when it comes to like, when they were like, Oh, who are Ray's parents? I was like, didn't we have this conversation? And wasn't it, Kind of a thing, yeah. And then people are just wondering if it's they're gonna you know retcon it or whatever. And there's a whole bunch of stuff that we'll get into once we get through spoilers. But um, yeah, it's I I didn't particularly care. Like yeah. I I knew we've had three large scale series, and I'm gonna air quotes it Enders because every version of this is actually going to have another thing come out, and it's it's Avengers or the Marvel Universe, uh, Game of Thrones, right, and. Star Wars, the the Skywalker saga, let's call it. Um, okay, and there's uh, more than that, but that but these are the kind of big cultural ones, right? Yeah, those are like the three, like the three largest with the largest reach that people like yeah. that celebrities will come out and do silly videos for, like you know that right. sort of thing. Yeah, and. This was the one that I was the least interested in. Yeah, least and interested in the outcome. In the right? outcome. Like, I knew I'd see it, and yeah. I knew that I, I'd want to talk about whatever I saw. I think, you know what's interesting? 
Um, and maybe, you know, this touches back to, you know, the, you know, movies under different presidential, you know, things or whatever. <laughs> but like when The Last Jedi came out, I actually liked Last Jedi. Yeah. Uh, the more I watch it, the more I like it. Um, to the point where it's one of my top three. Okay. Um, and I think that's a that's a very fair thing. I think, yeah. It it's because it did something with Star Wars. Yeah. Not all successfully, but successfully enough mm-hmm. that was different enough to pique my interest again. Yeah. And then, weirdly enough, when I heard that, um, who was the original guy that was on this first, Trevor? Colin Trevorrow. Colin Trevorrow. Who did uh, Jurassic World, the right. first, uh, first Jurassic I, I was like, who was oh. fired from this. Yeah, he was fired from this, and then J.J. Abrams came back. Josh Trank was also fired from one of these as well. It, it seems to be like, and also uh, the Miller, uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller were also fired. It seems to be a thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> this movie got, re, re like, pre-production, I think, got redone from scratch once, and then they had reshoots near the end. Like, there's, the, and also, this is the fastest turnaround of any Star Wars film. Right. Uh, 11 months? I, or I'm something not sure. like that. I'm not that. sure. It certainly sh- it's short. <laughs> well, it's, no, it certainly shows. Is what I was going to well, say. That's, yeah, well, that's yeah. again. So, <laughs> but but my point being, after the discourse of Last Jedi, mm. and how like vitriolic a lot of it got for various uh, mm. cultural reasons, uh, most mm. of which actually all of which stupid because it's a fucking Star Wars movie. Like mm. you don't threaten people's lives over an opinion well, on a space someone, wizard. So I, I mean, the, the whole thing. Well, I mean, there's there's so many facets of it. Yeah. Um, there was this whole thing because of um the way that uh Laura Dern's character was was used. Basically, there's a lot of look. You can uh, this is going to be hard to say. Uh, you can definitely dislike the Last Jedi for a myriad of reasons, but yeah. the loudest ones on the internet reeked of misogyny. And just all around, like that bad actorness of like when maybe you put a little more diversity in your films, right. uh, and, you know. And, and I'm not saying that that if you're out there and you didn't like Last Jedi, that your actual point about the movie doing this, that, or the other thing that didn't connect with you is not valid. Of course it is. I'm just saying most of the stuff that came my way, I'm just like, oh, who? Ge- it's fucking space wizards, man. Like, yeah. just calm the shit down. So. Um, I, I think the the thing you're referring to the most here is Kelly Marie Tran. That was uh, another lift, one. Uh, Instagram because of internet bullying because of her role in the Last Jedi. Which yeah, is, which know. is fucking ridiculous. There's an amazing Reddit post though. Uh, it's like when your ex invites you to your wet her, their wedding and you show up uh, just to shine or something, and it's her looking fucking amazing at the premiere. Yeah, it's so good. Anyway, um, that kind of poisoned my want and desire to care about the mysteries of Star Wars. Right. Um, and also, I, I, I do think uh, the the sort of Solo, for instance, was fun for me. I liked Solo fine. That like sort of like going, doing prequels, doing Rogue One, doing that sort of thing. Again, something that I enjoyed, but I'm like, again, now Side there's no... Side is what they're... Yeah, they're there's with. no mystery anymore. In right. fact, the, the most interesting thing to happen to Star Wars for me in, a, in the last few years is literally The Mandalorian right. and, and Baby Yoda, basically, and <laughs> the story about that. Yeah. I'm a couple episodes back now, but like uh, that, that hitting was the most like, whoa, like yeah. here's something... They're they're flipping the script a little bit and they're doing something interesting with this. Where, whether or not it will land perfectly or whatever, who knows? Right. Uh, but so for when the Rise of Skywalker was coming out, like I I joked a lot on the internet that I was more excited for cats. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, uh, and I'm not saying you know I, I will not say until we've reviewed both of them whether I liked one better than the other. But what I will say is. I was more excited to see Cats because that was something that I had never seen before. Right. Um, this was something that 
I've seen ten times. Ten times at this point. And here, here's a this is a, a question I wanted to ask you, and I wanted to just pose just to sort of as a, a little bit of a thought experiment around this. But do you know about anything about a movie called A Hidden Life? Hmm. Have you heard that title no. before? No. Anything about it? No. Hidden Life is Terrence Malick's new film. Uh, it's uh, uh, a film about a person who lives in uh, Austria during the Holocaust and refuses to work with the Nazi Germany. Uh, it is reviewed, oh, yes. reviewed really yes. highly. I have seen that trailer. You've just described <laughs> it, and now I have seen it. Yeah. Uh, reviewed very, very highly. Acquired by Fox Search, uh, Searchlight Pictures uh, after Cannes. It's what by one of our great filmmakers of all time, Terry Gilliam. Uh, <laughs> Terry Gilliam. Terrence Malick. <laughs> <laughs> right is uh, and uh, is a movie that's entirely buried and you can't and it's very hard to see. Matt Stolzitz, who uh, writes uh, for Vulture among many things, um, wrote this tweet: If you're wondering why you can't see the new Terrence Malick in a halfway decent theater in New York, I've been told by theater managers uh, it's because Disney owns it now and are demanding exorbitant terms. Um, it is unaffordable to most venues that would have happily shown it. And uh, if you uh, go back and find an interview with Quentin Tarantino when The Hateful Eight was coming out, which was exactly the same time as The Force Awakens comes out. He was talking about exactly the same thing, which is that he had a deal with, um, I think it was Cinerama in mm -hmm. Hollywood to play uh, The Hateful Eight for, I think, a two-week run. And Disney ostensibly came in and said, hey, if you want to play uh, The Force Awakens, you need to back out of your contract with The Hateful Eight. You can't have this movie uh, unless you have that. And Stol uh, Matt Stolzitz has uh, written a really interesting article in Vulture about... Uh, Disney's acquisition of Fox has meant that there's been a certain burial of of uh, a lot of movies that that uh, independent first run theaters would actually happily run, but would are no no longer able to. Yeah. And the issue and and there's this is one tweet that I kind of like really grasped onto, um, and it has to do with. I guess the the sucking up of conversation for films that I have always thought don't really merit that much of a conversation mm -hmm. you know like the, i i i genuinely i can understand why people are invested in um dis the discovery that 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 darth vader is luke skywalker's father i can see how that is that is a genuine moment you mean in like back in the day uh, yeah back in the day i can see that's genuinely a moment of like you know significant film history that ranks up there with like the sixth sense in terms of its yeah, like reveal yeah, yeah. you know um but uh stolozite says uh this is another example of why i can't trust any entertainment industry reporting that says that the way things are right now is because that's what people want. The industry trains people to only seek available options. You choose from what is available. And and I think that's his point. You know, like the fact is that we we you and I had this entire conversation about our year-end reviews and we anchored it around Star Wars. Like Star Wars was the one we were like, well, we got to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, someone tweeted at us today, you know, like you've got to follow uh, follow up uh, on the SEO. And 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 I see that the pr and I and I in the case of Marvel, for example, I think what as much as I have issues with Marvel movies, as much as I kind of have problem, you know, like you know, have, have, have voiced my yep. my things about it, I can genuinely still see that that is a cultural conversation worth having because it does t it, it does uh, reward the investment in time. And there was a possibility uh, that it might not have, but it, it did. Totally fine. Yeah, I have never thought <laughs> like and this is the thing. Eleven movies in. I'm kind of three for eleven right now. You and, know what I mean? Yeah, that's totally fair. <laughs> yeah. I think so. As far as what and, we, oh, sorry, and and it's just sucking up the air out of a lot of things that we could be talking about 
that are really interesting. Well, as far as sort of what we do and why we do it on this show, um, for instance, uh, with the Marvel films, I know they're not your cup of tea. It is fun to talk to someone about them that it is not their cup of tea. Um, I think it makes for good conversation. It challenges me and my things that I like, and I hope that some of the points I make at least somewhat uh, try to penetrate your... your, You penetrate uh, me all the time. I haven't (laughs) used this joke in a while, your anti-fun armor. Um, but but, But for instance, with Star Wars, this is a rare case, I think, where neither of us were like... Like, because, like, one of us wasn't super pumped and the other one was kind of like, meh. Like, this is just sort of like, well, this is what people are talking about. This is what we're doing. But it is is like we're reinforcing the cultural conversation. We are, 100%. We are shills. Um, uh, For all that sweet, sweet podcasting money. All that money that we're making. But let's go back to the conversation that you said about uh, about things drowning it out. Yeah. We've talked about it before. Uh, I think... And again, I think it goes back to sort of why the majority of people go to the movies now. A lot of people go just to sort of stay informed culture, culturally, air yeah. quotes, uh, and then uh, to have an opinion on on the social medias, to, to be able to throw in their hot takes and do whatever, which again, you know, social media is what it is. Um, I think, and as we sort of get into the review of, of this film, I think this film, even though it's going to make a billion, trillion, gajillion dollars, that's not the question. I think this is going to be, and it's going to kind of show, even if people don't quite realize it yet, it's going to be the first dent in the Disney armor, this impenetrable, even more so than your previous mentioned armor that I just mentioned. (laughs) But but like, because, and this gets a little bit into uh, my thoughts on the film in general, which I straight up, you know, we're talking about sort of first thoughts and whatnot. I did enjoy fine. It was. It, I didn't did not, not dislike my time at the movies, but there was. This was the Star Wars film that pulled me out of the experience, whatever that experience is, the most of any Star Wars film, right. and it's because a lot of it to me felt rushed. It's the first time that a Star Wars film, in my opinion, actually broke its own world's rules and actually did a disservice to audience members paying attention, mm-hmm. and and you can just you can feel and and the reason why I think all of these things happened. One to possibly two directors got let go. It has the shortest run time, the shortest prep time of any sort of um, Star Wars film or, 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 or pre-production and production, post-production span. And the the reason for that is the Disney machine. Right. They needed a Star Wars movie out for Christmas. Right. And and now. I think the conversation is going to it's it's no longer like the feather in the cap to have Star Wars. Like I think the more these things become derisive and you and you and you mirror that with uh, the sort of just the cultural zeitgeist. Just because people are talking about it, doesn't mean that they're enjoying it. And yeah. there's going to and hey, look. There, I'm not saying like it's all downhill from here, but like this is the first time I have seen actively in the product, in my opinion, one of these huge tentpole things to be like, oh, right. like it's the stuff I think you feel a lot with a lot of other things, but this is the first time that I've actually just sort of seen that. And and again, I've never disagreed with the, uh, it's blocking things out. I do, I think it's a little more complicated than just like, oh, things aren't available, so that's why, like, it, uh, that's why other films don't do well. That's definitely a part of it. I don't want to jump on that train 110%. Sure. Yeah. Um, so it's weird, and, and, Luck. I mean, luckily for me, uh, Star Wars was never the thing that I was like. It was never my thing. Right. To be honest, the sci-fi property that is for me is Star Trek. It always has been, but I haven't had a real spiritual successor to Star Trek in a in a while. Seriously, uh, that I sort of contend with seriously. Mm-hmm. Although I am very much looking forward to Picard. Yep. Sure. That will be the only reason I ever get CBS All Access or whatever because I will watch that show instantly when it comes out. Yeah. Um. 
so but but the, the Star Wars has never been a super cultural touch point for me. So like, even though I was disappointed in this movie in, in certain cases, it also was still fun and I like enjoyed it. But I was never. I, this was not going to be a hill I die on one way or another. Right. Uh, and it's interesting. It's it's just weird. It's 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 culturally important because it's culturally important. Yeah, it's a self perpetuating machine at this point. But I wonder how long that will last with with with. I mean, it could last forever. Yeah. If the if, I have a, we have a four year old who is in, who's culturally invested in Star Wars. If at this the point draw without having seen it, right? If the draw outside of children mm. is just having a hot take, and that might be where we go, and that's kind of scary. Um, well, I think that's talking about the audience, not talking about the films themselves. I, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, but like I'm saying because otherwise people will start to realize when things are the same or things are kind of sloppy. Like it will happen gradually. But I'm wondering if we've gotten to a point culturally where the quality of the mainstream thing doesn't actually matter. Yeah. Because it's a more interesting conversation on the Twitter box if half the people love it and half the people hate it and both parties don't really have that fervor behind them. They just want to be right. Right. Like and then that then it sort of elevates like everyone's talking about Star Wars. So like I don't I don't know. Right. Um <laughs> it's it's complicated and weird. And it it when I left the theater, again, while I had a good time, and I legitimately cried at the end of this movie. Huh. Uh and that's we're gonna talk about why I think that is later. Mm-hmm. Uh I felt it felt cheap. My emotions felt cheap. The film did not feel cheap. Um, have you ever had... This is going to sound weird, so let's just follow me down this route. This does not happen to me much. Okay. Have you ever been uh, a booty call, Shahir? Oh. Have you ever just been called by someone... Let's say let's say yes with my wife. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's say. Let's say. Uh, yeah. In in past, and I'm going back to a few things in college. There was a a woman who I was having uh, relations with, mm. and I, I knew it would go nowhere. You're being used I, I, just for your body. Well, weird. Like it, I, I feel like a lot of people have had at least that happen sort of once in your life, and it fe- like it's that thing where it, like you feel great in the moment, mm-hmm. and then afterward you just like. Fuck! I don't like it's the the low is lower than the high was. Okay, and, and like I walked I, when I left this movie, I was just like, okay, yeah. I, I like I, I not to say I did not enjoy my time in the seat. It was just it was a, it was an odd feeling, and then I had to walk across the theater and go see cats. Uh, uh, <laughs> t- tell me a specific. Tell me a uh, a specific point in the film that makes you feel that way. Okay, so. Uh, I guess are we getting into Look, spoilers a little bit? And let's just say bit? right now, because uh, for me personally, I am more interested in the conversation around what Star Wars represents, right. Than I am in Star Wars the movie uh, or the Rise of Skywalker. So at this point, uh, your just your one sentence take on the movie is: you've already said you enjoyed it, but you don't you don't think there's much in it, right? Kind of, I guess. I mean, what... I guess, and 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 if if what is in it for people is mm. the reveals, yeah. You, oh, this this is my main point for it. Oh, okay, it hits. The, the beats that it hits in the story, if you're just looking at the bullet points of the story, feel correct mm-hmm. and feel uh, rewarding enough. Mm-hmm. But but the, the connective tissue between those points does not have any gravity and barely sort of makes sense. And therefore, even though you know those points are probably the best points that the story could hit, yeah. they are not as effective. And my emotional resonance with it is not due, I don't think, to what I'm seeing on screen. It's due to the enti- my entire 
childhood to adult life being tied to these characters and throughout my life having different relationships with them they've always been they've always been there the older the older crew yeah and like when things sort of happen with you know referencing them or whatever yeah like that's still i get a lot of emotional draw from that type of media and it's still like that's why i feel like i had emotional responses but it didn't feel real like it didn't feel Afterward, I was like, feel "Why?" Authentic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It like they manufactured <laughs> consent in sadness. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and it's strange. So yeah. I guess that's where I where I sort of land okay. So that. before we jump into spoilers, uh, my 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 hottest takes on this movie, which I don't think anyone really cares about, uh, I do. <laughs> is that um, I think the interesting there's, there's two or three interesting things about this particular iteration of a trilogy with Star Wars that I found unique. One is that it feels, and, and this is the film that demonstrates this quality entirely, is that this trilogy is not a, a pre-planned exploration of a certain idea as much as it is an exquisite corpse of an exercise. So Hooked to a giant robot arm. Yeah. Well, exquisite, have, you, have you heard the term exquisite? I know, I'm just going yeah, with it, because yeah. there's a character in this, hooked yeah, to a giant, giant robot, robot arm. arm. Well, I'm not sure why he's alive, but apparently is. Um, uh, uh, exquisite corpses are basically when you do a an iteration of a piece of art, and then you hand it off to another artist to let them have free run with it, and then it gets handed to another artist to have free run with it. And basically the idea is you, you know, the, the exquisite corpse continually grows. Um and this has been a, a really interesting uh, example of that, and I can't, I can't imagine. Like, this is not the design world of Game of Thrones or Mar- or uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, where there is a clear sort of trajectory of where these things are all hitting. It really feels, in this case, that the, the in particular, this third film really. Um, eh- and at first I thought it was very soft, but then I was like, this is really retconning some of the more interesting ideas that existed in The Last Jedi. And retconning them for no real purpose. Well, I think a lot of it had to do with the backlash. But but narrative-wise, it's retconning it. Like, I, I'm just ignoring the backlash and what have you, because, you know, I, I wasn't that enamored with um, The Last Jedi in general, but, you know, I still... I have to acknowledge that there's a there's a, a great artist behind it uh-huh. who was trying something, you know, was trying as as you acknowledge himself. And like the most interesting one for me was this idea that Ray's parentage didn't matter. Loved it. Um, you know, I think it's a cool idea. I think you know, like, and it's in line with exactly what the last Jedi was doing, which is also the lightsaber gets thrown over the shoulder. It doesn't matter. Um, and and this seems to this this film retcons both of those ideas, um, very uh, aggressively. Um, but for no real purpose. Like, I, I don't think the retconning of it does anything other than to reverse what we had previously seen. Like, it doesn't... It, it's not as though the the turn that was made in The Last Jedi and the reveal that gets revealed here are connected. Well, it's <laughs> familial ties. They're going for... Again, they're going for a, a cheap emotional resonance. But but the problem is, is that under, the, by doing it this way... It undermines the sort of trajectory of the entire thing as a trilogy, which means that I don't care. You know what I mean? It like, undercuts so, <laughs> its consistency and its canon. Yeah, and and and, and, there's the, and for, I'll tell you the one that was most honestly the most revealing moment for me. Are where we I, in spoilers now? Yeah, let's do spoilers. Okay. I'll, I'll just uh, you just know want to let everyone know because seriously, we're gonna we're gonna release this three days after this movie comes this out. Is and not spoiler, everyone goes out. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. so spoiler but, town. Okay, now. so if you haven't seen the movie, I don't. 
personally don't think it's really you know for me personally it's not worth your time um there are much other th- there are other things to see um and and uh so so uh, that's it the the spoiler thing that really just like was the moment where i just stopped and was like in my seat going what am i doing here like why why am i what what is this it's not the biggest one oh i know i hope it's the one i'm thinking of it's probably the one you're thinking of it's hux was that the one you're thinking no. of no it's Huck suddenly becoming the um, the uh, he's the spy. Yeah, and I was like, "What? What? Hux is the spy? He he's, he's because it, because I understand that he's angry at Kylo Ren, but you're saying that he goes against his entire ethos and belief system. You know, like he is the one that gives the rousing speech about what the First Order is, and is like trying to undermine the First Order through the Resistance because he hates Kylo Ren. I was like. What you know, like it, I was, mean, it, it was, didn't feel rewarding. No, and it was it was literally like a moment where I was like, "Wait, what are we doing here?" Like, like uh, you know, like I, I was I, I imagined myself sitting in the in the writers' room all of a sudden going, "Wait, what?" You know, and like then they instantly take him off the board, and then take him off the board, and I was like, "And that and that like like I I, I will be straight up. Um, a lot of this movie didn't affect me. One scene that actually did affect me, and I was like, "Oh, I like this. I like what this is doing." Is Kylo Ren. And it was Kylo Ren. Uh, it was the it was the death of Leia through Kylo Ren, and I was like, oh yeah, I, I see that. That makes sense to me. The world kind of makes sense yep. to me. His turn kind of makes sense to me. I think they've they've been consistently building up that character throughout this world. His pull on Ray, you know, and this is a logical conclusion to it. It's not a turn. It's a logical extension of what has happened. I will say the Kylo and Ray storyline. Mm-hmm is the thing that is the entirety that still works and makes sense for me in this movie. I will say it's only Kylo that makes sense to me. The Ray thing that they do in this film makes me feel indifferent about her entire story. Well, I, I don't care about the the retconning of her parentage and stuff like that. I'm just saying that the way that the, the that they interact and the way that they go through the thing, she mm-hmm. mirror like they both sort of mirror a lot of Luke Skywalker in different ways and they're trying to hold up mirrors to that and all Why that is Palpatine stuff. back? Why is she suddenly Palpatine's daughter? So let's talk, daughter? let's talk about this. Let's <laughs> talk about this cuz that's the big that's the big thing. Yeah. Let me let me describe to you first. What happened to Palpatine I'm in the gonna, previous? I I can't remember. He, Darth Vader threw him off the. He threw him down that shaft before the second Death Star blew up. Okay. So he apparently. See, I thought in the trailers when you <laughs> saw the Death Star like in the ocean, that fucking cool shot of like the wreckage of the Death Star on the planet. Yeah. Uh, I was like, oh. Palpatine's been hiding in that fucking wreckage. Like that's what I thought. I was like, oh, cool, because like he died, he died in that pit, and like maybe he survived and like pieced together something, and like this is his sort of like last stand or whatever. Yeah. And then through the beginning of this film, and I will say that the first fourth of this movie, pacing wise from an edit perspective, was just bad. <laughs> like it felt, it felt like I was watching. Episode six. Let's even say episode nine. That makes canonical sense. Tell me which one that is. Uh, this one. Okay. Yeah, uh, sorry. <laughs> but it felt like episode nine of, right? <laughs> if, there's any, if there's any example of my indifference. There you go. But like, it felt like you're watching episode nine of a television series and you're looking at like the thing, that 30 second to a minute long thing of like they're telling you the points you need to hit just in case you don't remember of the plot points that like whatever. It, to, so you could watch episode nine of the television show. Yeah. Except. This is all new information and all new scenes from Star Wars, which it's like it's recapping a thing you've never seen before. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, this is all highly important and, and would be interesting to me. And you're just blaring through it when like he's hunting him down and like then like partners up with Palpatine. 
There's no explanation as to Palpatine being alive again. And not that I need like a deep-seated thing, but it, but it like, has no trajectory from Force Awakens to Last Jedi. Exactly. Yes. And yeah. here's the thing: <laughs> that could be solved with Palpatine saying or doing anything. Like he, he doesn't really do that. Like for instance, the reason why Palpatine, this old lightning-shooting gentleman, works in uh, Return of the Jedi <laughs> and re- works a little bit in Empire and all that jazz, he is a monologuer. Yeah. He he has a point of view. Yeah. He has reasons behind what he's done. And they actually, to be honest, some of the best stuff in the prequels is Palpatine's machinations. Yeah, it's like of, how we go from the Senate to... And yeah, you know, now, it's, he's generic bad guy number five with apparently... And this, this, blew, <laughs> this blew my fucking mind. So in the first 10 minutes of the film... He creates an army? He Or he has one? Where did he get this thing? It, like, it, they've never... And this is where I was like, oh, holy shit. Star Wars is okay lying to us now. Here's what I... He, okay, go so, ahead. No, so finish, my, yeah. my point being, so these 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 uh, uh, entire fleet <laughs> of Star Destroyers, <laughs> of fucking Star... A hundred Star Destroyers, which are supposed to be these things that are like, in c- canon, are crazy expensive. Yeah. And like all this stuff, like... Yeah, I can, I can maybe make a, a certain, like, pull around, like... Yeah, maybe he's like slowly pulling things away or like while well, the First Order was doing their thing and he was like puppeteering something over there like he was sort of like biding his time. But like, but they rise up out of the earth yeah, yeah. like it's zombies. Like magic, yeah. And then and, and then but and also these are these are city sized ships. <laughs> so they have a full crew. Yeah. And I'm like, so you've just been what what the f- even, what the even, fuck? Even the Phantom Menace uh, like uh, explains that taxation is as a key role in like why the Senate rises to power, right? Like it and explains be- that. And and because sorry, I'm just, I'll finish yeah, with yeah, this. Yeah. And because Star Wars has me, and if this was just a silly sci-fi thing that like never made a point of the machinations of the politics or like where stormtroopers come from in the yeah. Clone Wars and like yeah. the, the actual the, where, <laughs> yeah. following the money, yeah. I would never question this. Yeah. But they've made three whole fucking movies about following the goddamn money. Yeah. And like and so when I saw this. I was like, oh, you just don't give a shit. It, like, you just want the best, coolest looking shot, and you don't care how we get there. It was really fascinating to me because it, it, it started to outlay to me something that I think has been interesting in the mythology of Star Wars itself. So Star Wars, you know, and this has been appropriated many times over sure. as uh, a shorthand for uh, technology. You know, it has been uh, appropriated by the U.S. government as a shorthand for how it deals with technology, how it thinks about future uh, future technology. And I think the interesting thing uh, that I sort of, I, I realized in the moment, it was literally in that shot, was that Star Wars as, um, as an actual narrative mythology has this sort of dual hand to it. It is, at, on the one hand, uh, you know, fetishistically militaristic. Uh, there's a lot of X that I've added on there, but I'm basically saying that that it is about the 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 process of warfare, right? Like that is really what the ethos of everything is about. Then, on the other hand, it is also about spirituality, and spirituality is kind of nego- uh, negotiated within these films uh, as both um, real, you know, like it exists. There is a uh, a divinity to the world that 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 is that is that has an interplay with this sort of militaristic outlook, you know. So warfare and spirituality go hand in hand. This was the film that jumped the shark because essentially. Um, while I will, you know, I'm never going to retcon the idea that the Phantom Menace, um, Attack of the Clones, and Revenge, Revenge of, the of the Sith, Sith 
are good movies. They're not. They really are bad movies. The last, the last third of Revenge of the Sith I enjoy. You know, just, just watch them. They're bad. Right? I did. I, I, you can go back and listen we, to the episodes. We, We've done episodes on all these movies. But but they at least have a clear understanding of what the division between spirituality and and Militar- and yeah. milita- militarism is in this world. Like they do understand that these two things are are um, simultaneous, not intertwined in a way that that doesn't make sense anymore. Yeah. And this was a film, and literally, when the Star Destroyers rise up out of a water planet, I'm like... Was that water? Oh, I no, I, th- I think it was Earth. I thought they were coming out of the ground. I, I don't know. But it was like, it was a moment where I was like, this either doesn't understand that or doesn't care about it, or um, simply... You know, is is the case is is jumped the shark between what is possible and what is impossible in this world, and and we've gotten to this point now where you know, and and for the and that that happens in the first ten minutes, yeah, and from that point on, I had no investment at the interplay between the force and the warfare, like because yeah. because what Ray can do, I was like, I don't understand what it is she can do and what it is she can't do, and it doesn't really matter because the rules are fluid and it doesn't really make sense. There's a couple and, cool new force tricks, is, and people can come back from the dead apparently and live live on forever. There's also a sort of an uneasiness with which. Um, you know, like we we joked about this, I think in our rogue was it our rogue one episode or maybe yeah maybe our rogue one episode. Shout out to Andrew Schultz. Shout out to Andrew Schultz. He's got a comedy special dropping soon. We uh, very big fans of Mr. Schultz. Yes. Um, uh, the you know this idea that that essentially the resistance represents a much more feudalistic approach to warfare. You know, like they they are um, uh, somewhat. A terrorist is the wrong word, but they have that more sort of guerrilla warfare approach to themselves. But but yet the the sort of sense that um, uh, that the force allows them to do things that don't make any sense anymore, and 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 that de- you know, ultimately the, the what this film kind of gets at is this idea is that death is okay because you're you are eternal. Well, you know, like well, like, like like Luke and Leia kind of live on despite death. You know, and death is part of it. You know, it, that's always been it, a Star Wars thing, though. It, I won't fault it for that. But it, it's part of this, thing. and it's it just I, I, I was indifferent to most of it. I, I did think that um, that Kylo's realization that his ongoing battle with Rey, you know, ultimately led to this moment where Leia dies, um, because you know, and and that and that Rey, who's now for some reason can heal people cool um you know she can magically heal yeah. people um and, well here's here's okay so this is an example of something that i, I want to talk about like um why i'm not mad at new force powers and that sort of thing and the yeah. magical healing like because and, and the movie what i'm going to describe is something that i don't think the movie does well a lot yeah but there's a moment in the movie where ray at an inconsequential for the power sort of moment, uses her power to heal a beast, right? Yep. And then we're like, like oh, and she explains, I had to transfer some life force and da 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 da. I like so that then we've, we're set up that Ray can do that. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, that's that's all I need. I am a cheap date, man. Yeah. Like I, that's all I need. The stuff that got me is is 
A, like the Palpatine thing, like we just talked about, holy shit. But in that moment, and then many, many the Palpatine, after Palpatine, who's got this death wish as well, you know, like, kill me, and then you will... And all the Sith live in you, and like that sort of thing, yeah. so like, then he'd be like, look, I won't even get into that, it, it, God, at the very end, when there's like, a, I mean, I guess it's not surprising if you have a thousand Star Destroyers to have, a, like, a ten thousand cultists in your underground yeah. chamber, you know, the I'm sure the, the real <laughs> the real They don't estate. do anything, by the way. Oh, they don't do shit, they get hit with rocks. <laughs> um... So, but like, for instance, it just, I was realizing, I'm like, oh, you don't, you don't give a shit anymore movie about consistency. And, and, and the, and the, and the nail in that coffin to me was at about a third through the movie when they're on, um, the desert planet and they are getting attacked by the first order and they just finished up that Kylo, uh, you know, just beating his TIE fighter at Ray with that cool scene. Yep. Um, and then they off screen captured Chewie. Yep. And then they are flying away and they're like, we see Chewie board the one ship and then the one ship flies away. And then Ray, in a great moment, loses control and zaps with force lightning, first Palpatine hint, uh, the ship out of the sky and it blows up as she was trying to pull it back. And I was at that moment, I was like, holy shit, there are stakes. (laughs) I was like. Chewie's, oh, yeah, yeah. I was Chewie's like, dead. I was like, Chewie's dead. That is a beautiful turning point for Ray. That could make her turn to the dark side. Like, there's, there's a lot of different ways this could go. Yeah. Holy fuck, they're going there. <laughs> I forgive the beginning of the movie. I yeah. was like, ho ho. Yeah. Five minutes later, <laughs> they show Chewie, and the explanation is he I must have been, been on, on another, another ship. <laughs> there were no other ships in the fucking scene, and I was just like, you don't give a shit anymore I, movie like I, I can buy the idea that there were other ships in the scene that we didn't see it but that's not the stakes that the movie is setting up for us and that's not the that's not the it, that's the, that points to the sort of incongruity uh for what the movie is trying to say and that's it, similar to this problem that we have that i have which is which is this you know again this dual hand of spirituality and and militarism that seem to like now don't matter this is the first star wars movie that's ever pulled this shit <laughs> i'm serious I, look at all of them even the even the prequels Mm. They've all yeah, been honest with, with their world, and they've never just like done a like, like a. I mean, I have a lack of a better term, but like a gotcha, like that sort of thing. Like, there's always been a hint or something that makes sense with the fluidity of the what's going on in the story. And here, multiple times, like it, there's just, just, just like, oh, you thought that because that's what we showed you, but not nah, this other thing, and you're like, fuck. Yeah, like, it, 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 I mean, I had a little bit of that in The Last Jedi, but I, I, I again think The Last Jedi, as much as I have problems with The Last sure. Jedi, is a slightly more contemplative film than this is uh, in terms of that. I, look, I like J.J. Abrams a lot. I really do. I, I still say, I still contend. His Mission Impossible is still the best Mission Impossible because he understands how to make that character work. But other than that, he's just the best clone in the business. I even really appreciated the care and the angle with which he shot The Force Awakens. Like, The Force Awakens, I think, demonstrated, like, I know this world. I'm going to give you a slightly a, a different look at this world. He's a I'm, mimic, man. He's and, perfect at it. And and I was, well, I don't know about mimicry. I think he's very good at what he does. I think there's something that happens in this film. And I, I, I mean, I don't want to point... You know, I was talking to a friend recently. We talked about... Um, um, directing, and and we were talking about how you know the, the principle that they said to me, and I and I agree with this is that uh, if if a film is successful, it is a team effort. If a film is unsuccessful, it is all the director's fault. <laughs> it's entirely the director's fault. You know, like that is the that that is the rules by which you should live by. Um, but but uh, you know, it it's sort of like this idea of 
Palpatine being Ray's parents and Skywalker being our um being um Kylo's parents and they and they're sort of having this sort of intertwined heredity, you know, um familial her- squabble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't surprise me that it came from the person who wrote Martha as the backbone of Batman v Superman, which is Chris Terrio. <laughs> and I and I just I, <gasps> why did you say her name? Yeah, and I was like, you know, I because 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 in principle. This is a spoiler for Batman v Superman. The Martha thing, I'm like, that's actually a really cool little nugget that you've pulled and can maybe do something with. It's his mother's name. What you did with it is not cool. <laughs> like what what ha- you know, like the 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 Martha reveal is is foolish uh, or silly. But 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 in this as well, it's like it, it's it's obviously the thing that he wants to do, which is find the connection between these two characters and like find the history. There's, you know, I think I talked about this, uh, this, uh, uh, anthropology book, which, uh, by, uh, the Yamanano tribe, yeah. which suggests that the, 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 um, the history of tribes warring with each other goes back generations. Uh, and you know, th- to the point where they don't even know why they're fighting yeah. anymore. But you know, uh, I think it's the thing that he's interested in. I, I don't think it, like when it comes into play in the third act of your trilogy with no real setup before, and not even no real setup, with a real direct, your parents were drunkards and they don't matter. I mean, let's look at let's look at all of the from the Force Awakens to the Last Jedi to this. <laughs> not even just Ray's journey, mm. but what the First Order is and what they're doing is kind of nebulous. Like they're they're okay. Another thing they're, they're, they're force of evil. They're yeah. trying to. They're the next generation of the empire, and they're trying to you know whatever, and they're slowly winning again, right? Um, but then like okay, so Supreme Leader Snoke, cool. We don't see him in the first one other than like a big old thing, and that's neat. Who's Snoke? Who you know? And I've never bought into like oh Snoke has to be someone important sort of thing because I they never treated him as such. And this movie, I mean, it, weirdly in a in a disappointing payoff, they kind of do that too. But then, so Snoke, uh, obviously, the, I really like the moment in The Last Jedi that sort of, uh, spoilers yeah. for Last Jedi, where Snoke gets his come up. and dispatched suddenly, yeah. Uh, and then here we see it, the Emperor's like, oh, yes, I made him, and then I was doing these things. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. So, like, again, off-screen stuff, you show a Snoke mm. in, a, in a jar, and yeah. I'm like, cool. Reminds um, me of Alien Resurrection. Yeah, you see, like, yeah. Thing. Um, yeah. But, but the thing that got me about the race parentage thing, and I don't even, I don't even care, like, because you can story-wise say Kylo was being, I mean, you could make a lot of different excuses because you just can because they leave it so wide open. Kylo was blocked from knowing the truth and the Emperor was telling him a certain thing to put him into play and do all this, other, you know, who gives a shit? Yeah. But the thing that, I, that gets me is, again, I'm going off the pedigree of the other movies. I'm not talking about specifics between each one because there's time between it and stuff happens, as we all know. Palpatine, as a fucking character, has never been a boogeyman ghoul. And he has always had explanation and story behind him. It's made why he's sort of important, why the Emperor was like an actual like thing you cared about. Other like otherwise, he's not visually interesting. Yeah. Like, so so when it's just like, oh yes, you're my granddaughter, and I was like, so all those other five movies that you're in, you li- we've literally never seen you have a family ever. I mean, maybe in the prequel when he's Senator Palpatine, he might have like a, a wipe off like on the <laughs> yeah. side or like something. Yeah. Um, but, but like, but this is what I mean. But that's like, my the, point. The Kylo thing makes sense because in film one. We establish yes. who Kylo's, Kylo's character- story has a full arc. Yeah, Kylo's story. I was like, I'm on board for this. I can, you know, like it's it's 
it, it takes a few turns, but I, I'm cool with it. You know, I am. You know what I, I couldn't fucking stand though. Yeah. And again, everything on this thing has to have a bit of a blemish. And I'm I'm sorry, uh, everybody. Um, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm a bad nerd. I feel like I'm just sort of like I'm I'm a little bit over it. And I'm also like, but I I was again. I want I went into this thing wanting to love it. I had an emotional reaction to it, mm. and I still am thinking about it and being like. How could you whiff this so hard? Like, I'm just. I'm, I want to hear the thing is because I want to talk about this last scene afterwards. But I okay. want to hear what the thing. The that... thing that I'm talking about with the one, the one uh, blemish of of Kylo Ren. Yeah, it's not any story point. Again, it's it's the story points hit correctly. It's his demeanor when he's back to when he sort of is. I don't know, half resurrected, half whatever as as Ben Skywalker. Right. He he changes not only his motives. But how the film treats him, the world and the way he acts and what he says is different. There's a point where he's going after Rey in the Emperor's uh, uh, floaty castle of nightmare, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, spiny. Towards the end yeah. when he's coming. And to he's like him. leaping off things and he hits a thing and slips and he goes, oh, man. Oh, yeah. And he hits, and, hits the ground and he says, ouch. Ouch. Mm-hmm. And it's like these – he go he, like – <laughs> like that's the only way they that 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 this movie knows how to tell you that he's a good guy now. Like because he's now he's now he's punning around slightly. There's moments like that throughout it, and I'm just like, just because he changed, th- that's not a real. That's not at all how a person is. He, you can change a motivation, yeah, but you're still a person. Like mm-hmm. he's still going to have tantrums. He's still going to ha- like think he's a badass. He just now has more, uh, for lack of a better term, like, good in his heart or, like, yeah. whatever. So, like, you're not going to turn into C-3PO levels of, like, doofiness yeah. because you're a good guy now. It's, oh, it's... also, god damn it, <laughs> fucking C-3PO, another sacrifice that could have fucking happened very easily with no cheapening of anything else and maybe just a sad tinge <laughs> of, like, this entire thing costs something, even if that's a goddamn droid's memory. Mm-hmm. But then they, like, make a thing like, yeah, oh, R2, kinda... R2 doesn't back us up. His memory's too reliable, so to get this information, we have to reset me or whatever, and you're like, oh, that last moment if I need to see my friends fucking a half hour later they just download his fucking memory I mean, it's like god damn it Star Wars you just fucking set me up and lie to me it, it, it it's not fun it's not it's not fun and uh um, you know, again, I, I talked to my father-in-law afterwards. Uh by the oh, way, yeah. shout out shout out to my father-in-law who's like who I love uh because he indulges me. <laughs> like, you know, I'm 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 always like, hey, let's go see a movie. And 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 I just I, I I took him to this movie and I was like halfway through I was like I felt bad Ooh. that I'd taken him to this movie because he's such a lovely man but he's also like I was also like what is in this for him like he doesn't care about Star Wars he was like I haven't watched one of these in forever you know and I was like oh this is the 11th one he was like oh shit I didn't even realize uh, he was like I know Darth Vader oh, exists you no. know um, and I and I I felt I felt really bad because I was like what is in this for him um and but you know like he didn't care he was like we chatted about it afterwards and and like I, his thing was was like he was like it was pretty long <laughs> he was like it was like long he said it was very repetitive it felt like you know like they were just doing the same things over and over again you know like trying to get something and then get, missing somewhere. It, get somewhere they were all trying to get somewhere and get something and he, and he was like not that invested in it and i you know i asked him well, like even on a, on a spectacle level did you kind of enjoy it as a just a visual spectacle you know like it's you know to go to the movies on a saturday night or friday night and and see something you know with big explosions and he was like uh he was like uh, that big scene on the waves he was like didn't really you know he's like and he's not you know he doesn't watch a lot of you know a ton of movies but he was like 
I saw Mission Impossible at the movies, and that was really cool. I liked that. It was like this thing. I was like, he was like, and then and by the time we, there were like big space battles, he was like, yeah, no, I was just waiting for it to be over God. at that point. And again, that big space battle again, a, a thing of no consequences yeah. at all. There's the moment where the Emperor shoots lightning up at everything, yeah, and then all the ships lose power and they all are falling, yeah. like they're all fried or whatever. And then the second that he's dispatched or something bad happens to him, like all the ships are fine again. There's no, you know, there's an interesting video I watched um, this year about the end of Avengers Infinity War. Is it Infinity War is the second one? Endgame is the last one. Endgame is the last one. It talks about the endgame battle and how the stakes of the endgame battle never quite land because we don't see the ebb and flow of the battle. Um, you can uh, you can disagree with that or not, but but it was like I, I was thinking about that video a lot as I was watching this. I was like, "There's no ebb and flow to this battle, like because we don't care about any of the chess players, the, any of the pieces that are on this board." The you interesting know? thing is, I don't think there is a, a huge ebb and flow mm. to the Battle of Endgame. I mm. think I think it happens maybe one. Like, honestly, the, you know what? It really is weird, and I can totally there's see an that ebb reaction. and flow. There's an ebb and flow to the battle in Endgame, in, in Infinity War, Infinity yes, War, but, but not, not in that. yeah. Well, so there is there's just one, yeah. and that is. When it's the big three, Thor, Captain America, Iron Man fighting Thanos, and they're just sort of losing, but they're still like value, like that ebbs and flows mm-hmm. a little bit, because then, yeah. spoiler but- for Endgame, hold on, the <laughs> cat picks up the hammer, there's a big moment, then he still loses, then everyone comes back. The reason why Endgame's battle doesn't feel like an ebb and flow and doesn't really have one is because it knows what it is and it's just a victory lap. It's a it's a victory lap, and 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 people care and they have enough care in those characters throughout the movies for people to we care actually about but it, we actually care about the chase players that are on there whether there's even floor or not yeah. in the case of this it was like uh we care about some of them but well, we don't care about no, the but 50 like, billion ships no but also like finn is walking out on you know like the the, the fact that they're that their military tactic is that they're going to walk out onto the ship you know finn and uh i forget the other character's name the one that he meets on the death star planet yeah. um who apparently is a is a stormtrooper like he was yep narrative that goes nowhere it was like one of the most striking images of the first movie was blood on the stormtrooper's Mm -hmm. face i thought that was such a powerful image what did finn have to tell ray what did finn did finn actually tell ray that Finn never told ray shit and there were two of those fucking rom-commy bullshit moments and i was like where the fuck is this going and he's he's always out to now this is going to lead into a bigger conversation about finn poe that i kind of finn poe and the much vaulted uh, queer representation at the end of this sure. movie, and I was like, Finn Poe clearly are a couple in the vernacular of the world that we're setting up at the beginning of this movie. They no, become... because they both meet ladies in this one. Yeah, they both meet. Uh, well, and, and then they and literally both meet ladies in this one. It, it, there's this hilarious thing. So, uh, um, the you know, I I I've been trying to avoid spoilers, but there was like this thing where. Uh, there was a press release that came out, or somebody had tweeted about uh, Star Wars fans will be delighted with the with the representation of a you know with a finally with a uh, a queer kiss at the end of this film, and it comes at the very end with two characters who've had nothing to do with this film, and clearly one speaking line. Uh, it's clearly designed to be excised from the film if needed. Like, also, here's something interesting about that shot, and <laughs> I when I watched it. It's it's one of the characters who's been in the shot and said a couple things. An yeah. older woman. She's been in the other. An older other woman. Yeah. And a much younger woman. Right. After I watched it, I was like, "Oh, there's their there's their inclusion moment." But then I was like, "Holy shit! Did they to play it even safer? Like you could also just be like, oh, that's just a 
mother daughter like celebrating that they're alive like oh god like kiss on the lips but like it was quick it wasn't like this was not a passionate kiss anyway i was just like it's, it's interesting it's the safest way you could possibly play that moment well because you know the conversation we've had about uh about this kinds of inclusions is that the market that they really care about is china and russia and they can and cut that out instantly they can cut out in fact but in fact uh Ch- this movie has been playing really badly in china and they've left that moment in because it's so insignificant you know like what what uh, Chinese senses and Russian senses really care about. So, if it was Finn and Poe, <laughs> they would have cut it out. But because it's the two characters that they don't really care about. That's and hilarious. And it, it's funny, it came right after this movie because I was like, oh, the reveal for this movie is going to be that Finn and Poe are a couple. You know, and I'm like, cool, I'm, I'm, I'm good. You know, let's just see that. But that moment comes at this sort of really, it comes at the heels of this really weird look that uh, Poe gives uh, the other bounty hunter, uh, other smuggler, played by Kerry Russell. Yeah. Um, you know, and he's and he's like... Well, they have a history, yeah. Yeah, but like, are we going to kiss? And, and, and I was like, oh, we really want to reinforce... We really want to make just... We just want to check here and make sure everybody knows he's hetero. He's like, he's, he's not into... You know, like... And I was like... And then we're going to have this, like, you know, and this kiss. And it, and maybe the film is playing with my expectations there. Uh, and maybe I want something more than this film is willing to offer me. And maybe, you know, the conversation we had about Frozen uh, recently and about queer representation. But in- we are set up in this movie to have, like, straight up, Poe and Finn argue like any hetero couple in any action movie ever. Yeah. There's tropes that they do throughout these movies that codes to us that they are a couple. Yeah. It's there. It's there across three goddamn films. It's not quite the same, I think, as Frozen. I think Frozen, there's Elsa's story leans that way, but yeah. there's she never has an interaction with another character that's that strongly sort of yeah. relational in that. It's way. metaphorical in Elsa's story. It's seemingly literal in this story. It's also something. It, it's if, like nah. <laughs> it's also something that, like you know, as far we've both worked on the fandom awards. As far as shipping characters yeah. goes, Finn Poe is kind of a thing. Um, and so, if you're kowtowing to 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 fan demands, this seems just like a fairly easy one. You know, like an easy layup. And they both just meet nice women. But but it also it also undermines, in my opinion, and maybe you can correct me about this. Finn's role in this film. Finn's Finn. Finn has no resolution. Poe has barely a resolution because there's a couple lines after Leia dies and he's in command and he has to come to terms with that. Yeah. Honestly, his journey in Last Jedi to get it felt like he already got to that point, but yeah. now we're just gonna hammer it home. Yeah. Um so so I think Poe's arc kind of plateaued at Last Jedi and now it's just sort of like a little bit more yeah. Finn I don't think they ever fucking knew what to do with them after The Force Awakens I get, and I gotta say like uh, the Force the thing they do with him in The Force oh, just just even look the, the singular image Stormtrooper blood on his face takes his helmet off is scared it's so good yeah that's that's why I was like J.J. Abrams, Force Awakens. I kind of like what you're doing here. You know, like the first, I, I'm like I have problems with this these films, but like at least you're putting a spin on this world that I think is unique and interesting. This film just uh, just abandons that. You know, like completely abandons that idea for for any semblance of like a they, it's bigger fu- picture. It's funny because they they abandon what it means, but mm-hmm. they still lip service it with meeting the woman and being mm-hmm. like, "I'm a stormtrooper too." Oh wow, you got away too. Yeah, we got away. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> like it, it. Like 
in Force Awakens, just in the scene where he takes that helmet off, like you understand what it means. Yeah. Here it is a conversation point. It's uh, also like the 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 in terms of the retconning of the world, the Captain Phasma kind of uh, oh Phasma, di- yeah, you Phasma know, underutilized insanely. Like why? Like you did it for action figures at that point, but like not in the weird like not angrily Boba, successful. She way. is Boba Fett at this point, right? Like she is. She's I mean, not as popular. No, but you know, like in the original trilogy, yeah. Boba Fett just kind of appears and disappears, yeah. and that's what that's what Phasma is at this point. So let's see if she. You gets could have done something so interesting with like Phasma could have had a great tie with with uh, with. Finn the entire time. I don't want to undermine the fact. Huge, huge movie, huge movie. Lots of characters, lots of moving parts, lots of lots at stake here. Very hard to make a movie on this scale. J.J. Uh, Abrahams is is. There's a reason why people give him properties of this scale. Yes. Look at what he did with Star Trek. Look at what he did with Mission Impossible. He, you know, he is a force to be reckoned with. Um, without a doubt, a very very talented man. And this movie is huge. It's a two hundred fifty, you know, three hundred million dollar movie uh, off of one of the biggest, you know, beloved franchises on the face of the planet. A lot of moving parts. This is a quote from a Vox article that I read today. Has no ecology. The movie has no central ecology to itself, and this is kind. This That's kind of like what I said. Yeah, yeah. It it, uh, it comes. It, the, the 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 reason that this Vox article mentions this is is uh, comes from a, another podcast, the Blank Check podcast, who's talking about um, uh, a Jonathan Demi picture and 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 a quote from Elaine May. And essentially, what they're what Elaine May was saying, the famous uh, uh, filmmaker, was that every film has to have its own ecology, its own world. And I, I think the way I've phrased this is, it's got to be hermetically sealed. It's got to be uh in of itself that makes sense and star wars and i think the last jedi has its own language and ecology the force awakens certainly does as well this film and i'm 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 cribbing from the vox article the way the vox article describes it uh is that it is a zoo not a, it doesn't have its own ecology it's a zoo which is that the pieces are on display for your approval but they are not in of their world. That's it. Literally, I mean, honestly, it's it's. I love that they wrote that because I do feel like that's a, like a, a better way of what I sort of said in the beginning about hitting all the points, but having no nothing to sort of get you to there. Like you, it, there's there's and, and it doesn't like when when there's something that's an ecology of a thing. When an ecology exists, hermetically sealed film. I do believe literally every Star Wars film, whether good, bad, or ugly, to this point has had that. It has in its own world the rules worked and made sense. Yeah. And and and. and it wasn't just hand-holding you being like, look, now we're here. Look, now we're here. Look, now we're here. And this, it's, it's a perfect... I, I'm, I'm very glad you brought that up because that's exactly what I was trying to get across at the beginning of this podcast. It is, it's a fucking zoo. Yeah, and it's interesting because I was thinking about my dad, my father-in-law. Yeah. And I was like, it's, I feel bad that I took him to this film and I was like, and I was thinking about the mission, you know, like he was like, well, I liked Mission Impossible, you know, like I liked going, you know, like I mean, he was like, I yeah. haven't been following Mission Impossible, but when I saw Fallout, I really enjoyed it. I felt kind of within it. And Who I doesn't was, love Henry Cavill reloading <laughs> his arms? But, but, but beyond that, you don't even have to know the mythology of, you know, Ethan like Hunt. Ethan Hunt or anything like that. You, you understand that this world has rule stakes unto itself that make sense. And you are in the film invites you to be part of that. I'm not sure this film is inviting anyone outside of its outside of the people who know what this universe is into it and and even those that are invested in this universe it is a it's a it's a sort of 
shabbily made. Like, like the, this is the other surprising thing to me. Again, I really liked the the sort of um, the visual language of the Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's like there's that the, the most strike one of the most striking scenes is you know like, again it cribs from. Um, the original trilogy, the fact that they have Death Stars, uh, a Death Star appear or a Star Killer appear, Star Killer base in in the Force Awakens, I was like, oh, are we doing this again? You know, yada yada yada. But there's that striking moment where the camera zooms straight across as the laser is being fired across, and it's behind Kylo Ren's head and it's flashing red, and I was like, this is you know, like yeah, he's got something going. You know, like this is all really beautiful. This film, it really like. And there this are, is, in the most in the in the worst way to to phrase this is is it looks made for TV. I don't. So I'm <laughs> gonna push back a little bit on that. I right. feel like and and I I hope I'm not pushing back too much because I feel bad that I've been kind of poo pooing on it yeah. throughout. I think that there are in a uh, uh, a ton of visually stunning moments in this movie. Now, give me give me a okay. couple just to change my so mind. So first and foremost. Separate, but th- but this is the thing. There's nothing behind them. Right. So, I think the Star Destroyers rising from the dead looks fucking cool as shit. Right. But <laughs> it means nothing, and it's confusing. Yeah. I think there's there's the the water pla- the water with the with the Death Star uh, sort of crashed and sunk, and uh, I think that sort of and like Ray, whole set design. Yeah. I, I think is very very good. Uh, yeah. I I think like that stuff is very very pretty. Um. I think that the um. Oh, what what scene was it? The um, uh, I'm blanking now. Um, oh, a, a lot of the, so for instance, the um, anytime there is sort of um, the scene in the desert where she's running, she's running away from the thing, and like all that. Like, there's moments that just look really, really. I, I won't say lush, but interesting. But they are not. But there, but there's no meaning behind any of it because the film is then conditioning me as it's playing to know that nothing matters yeah like they're going to get wherever they're going to get and they don't care how you get there yeah and i think when i say uh, made for tv might be the wrong phrasing of it but 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 when visuals land they are connected to either an emotional arc or uh they 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 the visual resonates through what is occurring in the film that's when uh, you know, and that's why that moment when Kylo Ren decides to use the the Star Killer base or whatever, mm-hmm. and it strikes across his face, that's why that's beautiful. You know, like the the idea that the in the Last Jedi that the planet is salt, and uh, when you run across it, it flips up to this red the, pink salt, yeah, salt, and it and it looks like blood, and this is the war that we've stained upon ourselves. It resonates, right? None of the images that you've described to me, and you just said this yourself, well, yeah. they don't resonate in any way, and therefore they're pretty, they're but they don't mean anything. Yeah, they, they're they're visually composed well, but that should be the lowest bar yeah. to kind of cut to traverse at this point. And uh, I mean, the and, and I want to go back to as we're sort of wrapping up, I guess my emotional resonance with the piece. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did. There were multiple times where I cried. I think I know which one you're going to talk about specifically. Well, I mean, there's a there's a there's a few. Um, I I didn't cry actively when Leia passed, but like there was a sort of that beautiful moment where the why what it happened. Like I was like, oh, I could feel myself sort of welling up. Then the moment when Han is there worked very much for me. Though if you think about it, why the fuck is he there? 
He's not a goddamn Jedi. Is he a memory? Like what? Like we've never seen a non-Jedi come back in that way. Like in the moment, it worked, and I was emotionally moved. Yeah. Because Han Solo for me. Right. That's just what it was. Again, felt cheap because nowhere in this entire canonical world has that ever happened with someone who is not a Force person. It, it made no fucking sense. You know. You know what? It just. Well, the only thing I could think about during that scene was like, man. Harrison Ford's got great hair, and he's oh aging. yeah, yeah, he's yeah. aging so well. Like I was like, because I told, I think I told you this before. He's like my mom's, <laughs> my mom's. Uh, uh, what, what do you call it? Like the gimme. She's on the. He's oh on the yeah, list. yeah. And I was like, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. Um, <laughs> and then the end when uh, you know, it's sort of the. I actually, I, I here's something I want to compliment the movie very much on. So the end when uh, it goes back and forth between like. Uh, What's Ray your name? And, Ray and Kylo. Oh, okay. Uh, sort of like who's dead or like I, like that that moment where I was like, oh man, is it going to end like the oh like I had like the twist. It's not really a twist, but like the back and forth of it really worked for me, and I was like that that felt. I remember um, correct. Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet. I was just like thinking about that moment when she wakes up, yeah. and he dies, and he wakes up. And, you know, I was thinking about that. Um, and and you know you know what actually weirdly got me <laughs> I don't know why uh, was that Chewie got a medal <laughs> I so, don't know yeah, why. I, don't, I don't know what that reference is oh because <laughs> in the in the original Star Wars they all get like they're all uh, Luke and Han get I, uh, medals yeah. and, and they're standing at a, an award ceremony and Chewie doesn't have a medal right and because at the time Chewie was just a walking dog but now we have a whole history with Chewie like uh, so, but this is a but this is that's fan service really oh like, it's yeah just, it's just it's nothing like, it's nothing his character has no his, his but maybe for. but maybe you know they're played it as if it was does it, it come up in the Christmas special at all maybe <laughs> anyway my point is but after the fact I just walked out and I was like that movie didn't as a, as its own thing, did not deserve the emotional resonance that it that it had in me. Right. It the the, the entirety of the series does. Right. And, and then you could look back and say, well, Matt, what about the Marvel films? <laughs> the difference, I think, is even at the last, even in Endgame, there's a there, like there's enough care put in to the moments that they've built up to. Where they're not just relying on the buildup of the moment. They're not just relying on we've taken this 95% of the way and you're gonna like it anyway, so let's roll. Yeah. Like, and here that felt a lot like that. And I think the only reason I can think of that that this movie sort of came out in this sort of manner as it did is again, I go back to the smudge on on Mickey's face at this point, the very tiny, ever so minuscule smudge of this is the quickest Star Wars ever to be turned around. It was not made from a place of, like, this is a story that needs to be told. It was made from a place of, we need a Star Wars movie for Christmas. And hmm. and that... I don't know. I, I, I The only thing I, the only reason I push about... Uh, I'm not pushing back about it. I'm just sort of wanting to explore that idea a little bit further, is that J.J. Abrams is not... Uh, is not uh, a work workhorse director. Uh, he's not a director for hire. No, but he yeah. also he has he has <laughs> stake in this. I think he came into a project and had to redo a lot and sort of work it to a point where he only had so much you know time and money to do a thing. I mean, you could even look at um uh look at Solo mm-hmm. again. Solo not a great film. Haven't seen it yet. Um, but I will say this: it um. <laughs> The fact that that like I when I when I left solo, 
I was so impressed that Ron Howard was able to take a thing that was not his and get it across the finish line in such a like complete manner from just the stories that I was like, that is the, the craft of him doing that impressed the shit out of me. Right. I am impressed that JJ Abrams got this done in the time that he got it done. It just, it, it does not, it does not deserve the, the resonance I, I feel cheap. I yeah. feel I, I, I feel it feels like a cheap experience that took me for a ride. And you then really I, were booty called for this movie. I feel, and, but you know what's weird? I feel like a lot of people are getting booty called for this movie. <laughs> this movie is booty calling a lot of people. That's a better way to put it. Right? Like, because because that's what it that's what it is. Right? And it's weird, and it doesn't feel good. This is it, you are the booty call. It's not the movie that's the booty call. The it's mo- the you. The movie called me up. The movie called me as like, yo, December twentieth, and I'm like, but I got cats. And they're like, come on, December. Come 20th. on, we've been we've done this every other yeah, year. Yeah, and it's I'm like, Christmas. Oh, okay, yeah, it's you Christmas. Know, yeah, um, and you're like, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, but you know what, Jamie, you get, look, uh, don't look my text messages, but I'll, I'll call you later. And you get a little excited. You're like, <laughs> oh, maybe this is gonna be like a really good time. Maybe it's gonna be like the first time. Yeah. <laughs> It, it's not, and then you leave, and it's done with you, and then it's like, great, get out. And you're like, uh, what just happened? What, like the lightsabers, and the she's she's called Skywalker. Now. Like, yeah, 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 go, go, go. But it even gives you like a little shift's kiss on the way out, which I was like, I, I was like, as soon as we got to the scene where uh, Ray goes back to Luke's uh, mm-hmm. home planet, I was like, oh yeah, okay. So nostalgia really is the the. The t- the fume that we're running on at this point, because I was like, we are going to end on the two moons shot, aren't we? Yeah. I was like, we're 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 literally. I as soon as we land there, I was like, it's going to be two moons, circle wipe, we're out, <laughs> you know. And I, and then she's and she's like, and I'm a Skywalker, and I was like, yeah, cool. Can I say something else too? It's funny. I want to I want to even hammer this point home. Mm. When I went to Galaxy's Edge, the Florida theme park, yeah. Um, I had a more honest emotional experience at a goddamn theme park. I've had that with Harry Potter. I think the Harry Potter universe. same same yeah. and it's like and it's so it's not it's funny. I know it's a different medium and I know it's you know whatever but like it's not like it can't be done. It's not it's not like an Endgame, a huge Disney property. <laughs> similar similar sort of things. I know there's differences but like in production and how the story was created and told, but that worked. Yeah. Um and and so it's not like it's not like it got crushed under its own weight or like whatever. Like it got across the finish line, but it didn't feel like it this is such a dumb fucking thing. I do like my booty call thing. Like it just it didn't feel like the the, the movie that I saw showed no ounce of respect for kind of me watching it. <laughs> it like it pat you it patted you on the butt, sent you on your way. Good game. Yeah. It hey, like, you hey point... we'll see you in two years. And yeah, it's like it was... fuck you st- yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess. No, but here's the thing. Okay, so and I think this this has been my rallying call, you know, my futile Sisyphus running up the mountain kind of thing. He's pushing a boulder. Yeah, yeah which is <laughs> which is why do we do this to ourselves? At what point? At what point? Well, this is the first smudge. At what point? I, I mean, but see, the thing is, for me... Uh, You've been smudged a lot. I, I've, I'm being smudged <laughs> a lot. Like, I've had a lot of bad booty calls. But even then, <laughs> I can sometimes defend those booty calls to you, and I do... I mean, all the times I do defend yeah. that what you consider this sort of thing, I, I do feel like I'm coming... I, I do feel like I'm correct, at least in my feelings. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, <laughs> but, it, but, it, but at what point... You know, and this is the thing... Uh, at what point are we not? Am I going? Why didn't I take the? Because I it was an ask for me to see this movie. I worked seventy hours this week, you know, and I was up till like 
3 a.m. doing projects almost every night up until going to see this movie. I was really tired. Yeah, no, same. Uh, I did basically two weeks, two weeks worth of work to get to this point, and then yeah. I had to go see these movies on Friday morning, and yeah. I was like, it's, it's, it's a lot to do this. It's, I was really, really tired, and I was like, why didn't I put this effort in to going to see A Hidden Life? Hmm. Because, because, because I love movies, and I'm happy to, I'm happy, I am happy to turn up to every booty call, because I love it. I just I love the booty call. Okay. I love. Well, I you do. love you love. No, I love every booty call. I I really you love do. the act of the booty call. You just don't. It's it's better if it's now we're sort do, of mixing we analogies. Say, am I do it? Is it is it? I love booties, but not necessarily. It doesn't matter. You know, sometimes the calls aren't good, but I just love. I love booty. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Is, we is might it, be losing the metaphor. We but, might be losing the metaphor. But at any rate, I love movies. <laughs> why rhymes with booties? Why didn't I spend the time and the effort to go to something that I knew, you know, was going to give me something? Because you have limited time. Because you are, we have a sort of a social contract with us and the mm -hmm. wonderful listeners who yeah. are still listening to us about this an, an hour twenty in. Yeah. Um, th you know that we do put out content every week, and then there's the social contract of like, well, this is quote but, the biggest movie. But that's okay. So uh, the, the first two things I agree with that, yeah. like, the, I can understand those reasons to go see Star Wars. Um, the third one is the one that I think you take umbrage with. That I think we should be having a collective question mark over. You know, it's the question of rewarding our time, our money, our effort uh, with things that reward. And, 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 and I agree, we, we can never know if, if our time is going to be rewarded correctly. In the case of Ryan Johnson, you know, like the, the payoff may come uh, sometime later. Going to see The Last Jedi allows us to get the, kni the knives out. And in the case of Cats, you're going to have to tune in next week. Right, exactly. <laughs> but, but I don't care about Star Wars. <laughs> I don't <laughs> care about Star Wars as much as a lot of people care about Star Wars, but it, I would be my my reaction at the end of these moments in this film tells me that I care about Star Wars, and and um, maybe I don't want to anymore, yeah. but I do, and it, it, it's it is what it is. Yeah, it's it, it's uh, we're yeah. I, I'm str I struggle. I just struggle with this thing because I I you know. Three for eleven is what we got. What we're at is what I'm batting on these. Things. I like them better than that. But I look. I'm not gonna. That, we don't have to get into that. Yeah. Hey, uh, side note. Sorry, we're kind of going on like a down note. I want to kind of. You said we had an email about Star Wars. Yes, we did. But it's a downer email. Is it a downer email? It's a downer wow, email. Wow, we're gonna fucking Empire Strikes Back all the way to the end of this podcast. Uh, it is a downer email. About, Who's it from? Uh, it is from Jacob, who I believe is emailing us from uh, Spain, who's traveling abroad right now. Hey, Jacob. Uh, Jacob, who we love hearing from. Uh, I'm not gonna read out the entire email, but it was a. It was a lovely email about you know the process of trying to go see this movie while they're currently traveling aboard trying to find a, a theater uh, with no subtitles and in a foreign and not in a foreign That's language tough. they just wanted to see you know they want to see the film uh, I love Star Wars I really do and I thus uh, found myself automatically and gleefully walking yesterday to a cinema to buy my ticket um, for the following day since I wanted to prepare by watching episode seven and eight first and my credit card wasn't working at the cinema chain's website so I had to go in person <laughs> okay walked back to the theater hurriedly this time in the wind. Oh, we're setting a scene? In the rain. Oh. <laughs> and I'm wearing pants, but I'm carrying shorts to change into for optimal comfort. Wow. Once I arrive in the theater, because somehow this series of film, I suspect race themes mainly to blame, has become so important to me. Yeah. And oh gosh. Oh, what happened? 
I really didn't enjoy it. Oh, no, Jacob, <laughs> you're supposed to be a ray of sunshine for us. At what had the potential to be one of my favorite mo- movie-going experiences of the year, I found the audience laughing at the core emotional moments, and I couldn't blame them. My initial impression is that this is my least favorite Star Wars movie. Shit! One that felt very unlike the others that, uh, in that it forgot about exploring a world and building tension and instead seemed to try and plod through moments of unearned payoff. I uh, will see it. No, no, here's the thing. This is the thing I'm going to say. This, in terms of like everything we've been talking about, look at how much effort Jacob put into yeah. going to see this movie. Yep. Look at how much effort you put into going to see this movie. How much effort I put into going to see this movie. Yep. Jacob ends with, yep. I will see it again. <laughs> I mean, and that's the Out thing. of a sense Listen. of duty, or perhaps booty. To ensure that I am not wrong, but I don't expect to enjoy it anymore. This is a man who is being called into a booty call and is willingly, begrudgingly going to go back for the next time. We are abused men. We are (laughs) abused people. We have been hurt and it is no more. I don't know about that. Can we say right now, unequivocally, we're not doing any more Star Wars. We've done 11. Enough is enough. Here's the deal. I <laughs> Here's what I'm going to say. We will not do the next Star Wars. What is the next? Is there Who the fuck next? knows? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. We're not going to do the next Star Wars. Everybody, mm-hmm. hi. We're not going to do the next Star Wars. This this <laughs> We is, might do the one after that? Maybe. Well, here's the thing like but that's the thing like <laughs> this is this is the weird thing about the exquisite corpse going back to what you said Shahir. Yeah. There is a chance <laughs> that something new blood could come in and make it uh something either something new or something uh, you know at least more akin to actually a, an emotional or or resonant or or meaningful experience. Um and so I don't want to I, I I don't think I would ever say that about anything. Like I'll I, I think I'd still go see lots of different versions, but like of, of different <laughs> sh- of different movies. Um, uh, I'm but- reminded of the Woody Allen joke that ends uh, the movie Annie Hall. Do you remember? Have you seen Annie Hall? No. Uh, it reminds me of an old joke. You know, a guy walks into a psychiatrist's office and says, "Hey, doc, my brother's crazy. He thinks he's a chicken." And the doc says, "Well, why don't you turn him in?" And the guy says, "I would, but I need the eggs." That's us. Okay. That's us right now. This has been the only <laughs> podcast about Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Shahir, when you are not being forced to see what should be culturally relevant moments, but are just moments that we are all conscripted into, <laughs> where, where could folks find you? Are we stormtroopers? Is that what oh, it is? Oh, fuck. Are we, are we st- is that what you're saying? Um, you can find me, uh, following orders at my website, www.shahirdowd.com. That's S-H-A-H-I-R-D-A-U-D.com. Matt, when you are not getting ready, putting on your best shirt, (laughs) shaving, maybe trimming a little bit of the hair down there. Sure. Manscaping. (laughs) Manscaping a little bit. Best deodorant. Standing by, waiting for the next call. Where can people find you? You can find me. Uh, purchasing and bringing with me the finest buttered popped corn money can buy for my hopefully hopefully this time is going to pay off hopefully this time 
It's going to really mean something over at my website at M-A-T-T-H-E-W-K-R-O-L.com for my life and works. Also, Skeletor, the number four, P-R-E-Z on Instagram or Emperor M-S-K on Twitter. Also, uh, you can find me over on Extra Credits. We're doing some good work. Uh, straight up, uh, in uh, maybe a month or so, we actually are going to be doing, this is a spoiler alert, uh, in, and it sort of fits in with our Extra Sci-Fi series. We talk about the cultural impact of the first Star Wars. Right. And in recording that script... And then going to see this film mm-hmm. made me really sad. <laughs> um, and that's where I will leave it today. Next week. Well, oh, a couple things. First and foremost, uh, we got a little holiday surprise for you coming up. So if you're with your families um, <laughs> and you don't want to be and you want to just put on some headphones and listen to a fun. Actually, to be honest, one of my if this podcast seemed like a downer, <laughs> the, the one we were putting out on Christmas Day on December 25th. Two di- three days from now? Yeah, yeah. is one of my f- most favorite podcasts we've ever recorded. Ever. L- literally ever. It has everything I want in a podcast I listen to. And I, I you, you, you've heard a lot of us at this point. I don't blow smoke up our asses. <laughs> I think that this podcast is the, is the, brings all of the pieces together and will reward you for your time. We have information, like actual, <laughs> like information from people that things are happening to and around the thing we're going to be talking about. There is we, a culturally have, relevant moment where we have a unique insight. And we have it. two, basically, Shir, we have two experts. <laughs> we have two fucking experts on different sides of this culture. And I think we have a really good time. So gather around the Yule log with your family and be like, hey, listen to these assholes. They just trashed Star Wars. Uh, And you can hear that. What if we are the booty callers? Well, now we are. Let's not get into that. What if we are? But then after that, we will be doing cats. And I'm going to speak (laughs) in a monotone voice so you do not glean. I'm excited to do cats. I haven't seen it yet. Well, you're gonna. Yeah. uh, And we're going to talk about it. (laughs) Um, So thank you so much for listening. Thank you for sticking with us through this difficult time. Uh, please uh, email us in onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com uh, or onlymoviepod on Twitter. Let us know what you thought of Star Wars. Are we the lone stormtroopers getting booty called here? Are there is there stuff that we're just forgetting and you think that we've getting we, we missed along the way? <laughs> please let us know. Also, drop a review. Um, drop a review on iTunes. Yeah. Uh, cheer us up. <laughs> uh, because I think... Uh, th- you know what's weird? You know how the, the line is like, the force will be with you always? I mean, that's not a good thing. <laughs> no, no, well, yeah, like before, like before it was like a thing of hope. Now it just seems like a threat. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Bye.